The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. My name is John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, and on today's program, we have a special Friday edition. Joining us from Houston, Texas, is Mistress Jennifer, and it is so nice to have you with us. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm happy to be here. How long have you been in this wonderful world of kink? Let's see, I've been a professional dominatrix for 14 years now, so quite a little while. It's it's coming up on 15, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I know you had a very interesting entree into the world of kink by actually being in the media and seeing ads that made you go, hmm, tell us that story. Okay. Well, let's see. I worked at a local weekly paper here in Houston, and I did that for almost six years. I was actually in newspaper advertising for 15 years of my life until the internet kind of came in and took over everything. But I actually used to run adult ads um, at this paper in, in Houston called the Houston Press. And um, it was it had a whole bunch of different papers around the U.S. Um, it was owned at the time by a, play, a company called New um, new times and it was yeah it was great because i ran a lot of adult ads i ran ads for anything from professional dominatrixes to strip clubs to you know all, all kinds of aspects of the adult industry so you know and i wrote the ads for the the workers for the adult workers for the pro doms and i was like this is kind of interesting so i did that and then we got a whole bunch of us got invited to uh, an underground fetish event and that's when I really saw it and I saw this woman walking a guy on a, a collar and a leash and I thought this is kind of interesting I like this dynamic this is kind of cool but I was like nah just nah, I'll never get into that I'll never do that but you never know one of the things about those ads as I was very familiar with them uh, from the Dallas Observer right. and Seattle Weekly. And uh, we have City Beat here in Cincinnati, although I don't know if City Beat goes back that far. Okay. But I do remember living in Washington, D.C., where they had their weekly paper. 
And that was the first exposure I ever had to what a dominatrix was. <laughs> Did you realize that you were giving people their first exposure to, yes, these are living, breathing beings? I really didn't, you know, I, I thought about it. I thought it was really interesting and, you know, something that I, I thought I would never do. And, you know, I really, I guess I really didn't think about it at the, at the time. I was just wanting to make sure that the the pro-doms, the women um, or whomever uh, in the industry were getting a, a good effective ad that would reach the people and would get them good um you know, return of investment, you know, I was making sure that, you know, it's their ads stood out, made sure they had a catchy phrase, something that would grab the attention, a picture, you know, all of that. So they would, you know, people would respond because, you know, if you have too much text, you know, too, if it's too busy, people move on. They want something that will stand out and grab their attention. Because this show is so much about why people are who they are, Mm -hmm. You had an opportunity to help those doms find out who they are by creating these ads. Was there ever any of your clients that came to you feeling very uneasy? And then after you wrote their ad, they realized, wow, I'm pretty good at this. Um, well, you know, I have some doms that came to me that were that were new brand new into the industry and you know I just had to you know kind of find out what their purpose was their focus you know um, kind of find out a little bit more about them and you know create their ad basically from their personality that's how I've tooled myself from my personality you know I, I'm different from any other dom you'll ever see you know out there and that's good you have to make yourself original something you know that is not like anything else or anyone else what are some of the things you would put in your own ad right now? <laughs> let's see. Um, let's see. I've been a professional dominatrix for 14 years. I am authentic. You know, what you see is what you get. Because, you know, there are sadly a lot of doms and a lot of adult people out there that are like catfish and not real and things like that. And that's, it makes the whole industry, it gives us all a bad name because, you know, we work so hard to get where we're at. I mean, 14 years is a long time. You know, we've been through a lot in 14 years. The world has changed so much in 14 years. So, you know, it's just, just, you know, I am, I am who I am and I have been who I've been and it's gotten me this far. So. What were your impressions going into that first party that you were invited to back in your newspaper days? <laughs> well, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I was involved, um, well, I helped advertise for a certain store that was in, in Houston. And the guy who owned it, that's who invited us to the party. And it was, you know, we just got the address on a piece of paper, you know, wasn't, there were no flyers, there was nothing advertised because number one, there was no social media back then and everything was by paper. You have to put like flyers on cars and stuff like that. That's old school. But anyways, but you know, I didn't know what really to expect going in there. I, I was, you know, I was excited to see, you know, something different going to a party I've never been to before. Um, you know, I kind of knew it would be, you know, a lot of people wearing leather and, and, all that you know all the boots and everything but you know I was I was very anxious and very curious to see what would happen because I'd never been to anything like that before what was the first thing that caught your eye of something that happened 
probably the woman walking the man on the leash and the collar. You know, when I, I saw this tall woman, she was wearing all black, you know, leather, and she had this man and she was like, you know, like a dog. She was walking him like a dog, you know, just, you know, telling him to, good boy, come along, let's go. And, you know, she was very demanding, very, you know, um, she was in charge of him. And I was like, wow, this is really kind of cool. I kind of like this dynamic. <laughs> and I was just like, is this wrong of me to think this? I was like, nah, nah, it's not. I was, it just felt, it felt like I was in a place I needed to be in where I, where I needed to be. Take us to the first time that you practiced it. The first time that you had someone who was under you. Okay. Um, I actually went with a friend of mine who is no longer a pro dom. Um, she's retired, but she wanted me to go with her to one of her subs. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I had been to this party, but I don't years ago, but I don't know anything about this. I have no idea. And I said, no, I'll just, you know, I'll just wait outside or whatever. And she said, no, no, he's a really nice guy. You know, um, if you want to, you know, you can just wait, you know, wait in the front room or whatnot. I was like, all right. So we got there, went in, met the guy. The guy was really nice, really, you know, everything, you know, was really cool. Everything she said. And he asked me if I'd ever spanked anyone. And I was like, uh, no, no, I haven't. And he said, would you? And so he put some money on the table and, and I was like, oh, okay. So she had all her implements with her. He had implements as well. And so I just picked up an implement and I was like, okay, but I sat there and I strategized. I'm like, not going to pick up the biggest one because that one looks very, you know, dangerous. And that one looks a little bit further than I should start. I already, I already knew that I had to start somewhere small, but I just didn't know. So I just picked up one of the smaller ones and I was like, all right. So I started spanking him and I was like, this is kind of exhilarating. This is kind of like fun. This is, you know, it's like stress relieving and I just enjoyed it. That was it. What was the reaction of your sub? Well, he was very surprised that I actually, you know, could handle a paddle the way that I did. Cause I, you know, I gripped it up and I just kind of, you know, swung it and I knew, you know, to common sense told me don't use your whole arm because that's too much of an effort. So I just kind of used my wrist and he was like, wow, you actually did a really good job. This being your first, are you sure you've never spanked anyone before? And I was like, <laughs> no, and never, I haven't. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, and it was so fun. I was like, well, maybe I need to do more research and get more into this. So I did. I know one of my personal joys when I go to parties is I am always happy to be, lack of a better term, guinea pig for somebody who is trying to learn how to flog on a real body instead of a pillow okay. or somebody who's trying to learn how to do that. Now, there's obviously limits that I will do. I'm not going to go, hey, you want to try a bull whip? Sure, no problem. <laughs> but at right. the same time, I love to watch people discover themselves. Mm -hmm. As you started to play more and as you started to discover yourself, mm -hmm. what was the major emotion and the major discovery that you were making about you? I was more dominant than I thought I was. I knew I was always a dominant personality. Even when I was a kid, I was bossy. I was the one, you know, I had to... I had to own the playground, you know, I just didn't show up. I had to own it. It was my playground. I wasn't a bully, but I was just a very confident, I guess, dominant personality. And, you know, that kind of, kind of just 
went even further as I started getting into this and I started discovering, hey, you know, yes, I am a dominant person. You know, this is something that's been inside me the whole time. And it's just like just came out and it just felt exhilarating and something different because, you know, I, I just had a regular normal life where I, you know, was, you know, had a child, at, you know, and everything just going day to day. And then this kind of happened. I was like, huh. Okay. And there's a stress relieving really, because, you know, you deal with stress with your daily life. And this is kind of an escape to get away from that and kind of, you know, do something different and just feel something, you know, it's like a lie. You just have that, you know, that adrenaline and that, you know, just drive, it just keeps you going. And it's just exhilarating. I love it. And you feel the same thing back from the sub. And I'm always interested. And as a matter of fact, have just shot the first part of a documentary project that I'm doing, which basically looks at two sides of a scene. Mm -hmm. I was proud to be able to go down to the studio of Natalia Sedici down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And we did okay. a latex encasement scene. Mm -hmm. And we are going to share our thoughts on what it's like to be in the scene from both sides. I'll mm -hmm. narrate it, she'll narrate, and then we had a discussion afterwards. Mm -hmm. When you realize that that amazing energy is coming back to you, what is it that you get from it? It gives me a lot of like um, appreciation and satisfaction. I'm just like, okay, well, he's responding you know in a positive manner you know and I always like feedback as well from my subs you know because it's very important you have to be on the same page as your sub you have to get that consent it's a hundred percent you know and you know even yesterday you know even I had a sub that came and saw me yesterday and I mean he's been coming to see me since way before the pandemic and you know I still ask him okay is everything the same have you had any you know surgeries you know you have to kind of you know keep vetting them and keep an update because you want to make sure that they don't have any like new medical conditions or anything like that you always have to have that open line of communication what is your favorite kind of sub I'm not going to say do you have a favorite sub because nobody <laughs> does but what is your favorite kind of sub to have? Um, one that is obedient, of course, and you know, doesn't try to I have some that like try to tell me or how to do a session. You know, they try to control it and they're really not a sub. They try to control the situation and that infuriates me. But somebody who, you know, is in it a hundred percent, someone who has an open line of communication, someone who is on time. I love them being on time, you know, because you know, their time's valuable, my time's valuable. Um basically that's it. I like to have that, you know, hundred percent, you know, dynamic. If it's not going to be two-way street then it's not going to happen can you tell me an instance of a time where a sub started in the one way of the i want i want i want and eventually found their way to being a submissive person that you went that's what i'm trying to teach yes um well i've had them you know send me a list of I guess they're not demands, but they're things that they want, which, I mean, you can list uh, suggestions, things that you'd like to look at doing during the session, but don't, or just don't text me or tell me, I want this, 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 and this. And I'm like, no, we don't do it this way. We do it this way. And so I tell them, I'm the Dom, you're the sub. You can ask me 
but don't demand from me because I will shut you down in a heartbeat. I will delete you, block you, everything. Speaking of lists, when we were getting ready to do this particular show, I asked you to send me a biography and you sent me a list of what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Here's what struck me about that. You are not what you like to do. You are the person behind being able to provide those amazing sensations. So when you look at your character, so to speak, what is it of your character that makes you a great Dom? Well, I'm consistent. Um, I've been around a long time. I'm dependable. I am there when I say I'm going to be there. Um, you see, you get what you see. You, I am what I am. You know, um, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm the girl in the picture. I'm the girl in the ad, you know, I'm who you, who you see is who you get. You know, I'm not going to be any kind of catfish. I'm not that person. You know, I've been around this whole, I mean, I've traveled all over. I've been to different events, worked in different, you know, dungeons and, you know, I just have to be, I, I'm the person who I am. And that's why I even use my first name, my real first name. I don't make up a name. It's like, why be fake? Why be, you know, <laughs> something that you're not, you have to be, you have to, it has to come within from within and you have to, you can't act through it. You can't play like it. You have, it has to just come from within and be authentic. One of the things that I appreciated when you did send me your biography is you were very little literal about it. (laughs) I was born in, which I absolutely loved because I got to know you wanted a biography. So I sent you a biography. (laughs) I'm even actually starting on a book. I don't even know how to write. I mean, I know how to write, but putting a book together, that's going to be, Oh, that's a, that's a thing. Okay. So what's chapter one? Basically when I first, um, like discovered like how we started uh, mm-hmm. with the newspaper industry, you know, basically my first exposure to the, to the industry, that's a little bit of it, but yeah, there's, there's going to be so much more. Cause I mean, this is, you know, this is almost 15 years of my life. You know. Well, I want to share a bit from your biography because I can relate to this because I had two preemies. Uh, my my ex did, but I had two people who were born in the special care units and had to get through all that. Mm-hmm. You started your life basically as a fighter. Right. Does that lend into your inner dedication to what you do? The fact that you never had it easy. Um, probably I think so. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a very determined person. I'm, you know, I'm going to get it done. You know, I'm going to get the job done you know, and I really don't consider this a job because I enjoy what I do, mm-hmm. you know, going to an eight to five job. That's one thing, you know, and you know, I do work a regular job as well, but you know, that's something I have to do. You know, this is something that I enjoy, something that I love. And yes, you know, as I said, I'm very persistent. I'm very, you know, I don't give up easily. I'm just, that person, you know, and I have to be like that because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm successful and and raising, you know, my son over the years, he's successful, you know, it's just not me. It's not just about me. Is there anything you take from your regular job and bring into the dungeon or anything Mm -hmm. from the dungeon that gets you through your regular job? 
Well, yes, because I actually work at a smoke shop novelty store, adult store. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and there you have it. You know, but I try to keep it separate. You know, my bosses know that I'm a professional dominatrix. I do events. I've taught classes. I do all that. They, it's no secret, you know, and I knew them before I worked at this, at this place. So, but no, um, it's, it's kind of a, you know, crossover sometimes because I make suggestions of, you know, implements and things that I come across in when I travel even, and will tell my, my boss at work, Hey, you know, I think we need to get this or that, or, you know, certain things make suggestions. So it has a lot of crossover between the, between being, you know, working, um, doing sessions, working in dungeons, things like that, and working at my job. Um, Cause I work at fantasy gifts and toys in Houston. And yeah, we have a little bit of everything, but our um, adult section is pretty strong. It's pretty, it's great. And the beautiful thing about that is despite the reputation that the vanilla world might have mm-hmm. about the industry, mm-hmm. it is definitely about removing shame from every aspect of what we do. Mm-hmm. I have become in my later years now, so open about who I am. No, I don't go into work and go, I got beat up last night or I got a wonderful <laughs> flogging. No, but my right. good friends can tell when I've had a wonderful session over the weekend, they can go, you had some fun, didn't you? Why? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's good. Taking away the shame in your lack of a better term, vanilla life. Uh-huh seems to be something that can only make you a much better dominatrix as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So tell, well, me, pe- tell me about <laughs> some of those examples. Well, okay. Most people know um, in my regular life, what I do, you mm-hmm. know, um, I had to expose that uh, probably about 10 years ago, almost. Yes. Because I had to do an event. Um, well, I didn't have to, but I, I chose to be part of an event in Austin and they said, okay, well, we're going to advertise it on, you know, um, Facebook and all these different platforms. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, we're going to have to put your picture out there. I was like, for everybody to see. And they're like, yes. And I was like, okay. So that's basically how everybody in the whole world that I knew, all my friends and everybody who were on social or wherever found out. So, you know, but (laughs) aside from that, I basically, yes, I had two lives. I had my life away from the scene and my life in the scene. And, you know, people, I just had to like, um, be very especially like back then because I was in newspaper industry so I had to keep it separate of course I couldn't you know at the job that I had when I basically started being a pro dom uh 14 years ago was a different it was more of a a, it was a daily paper it wasn't Mm -hmm. a weekly paper so things were a little bit different there I couldn't just go around as you know as, as like a corporate scene I couldn't go and say hey you know I went to this, you know, such and such event, or I, you know, spanked this person or whatever, you know, I couldn't, I had to keep it separate. So yeah, it was, and it was kind of, it was an escape when I did have sessions because I could be more myself, but I felt like I was a little bit like, you know, I was like, oh, I hated being secretive because, you know, me, I like to say, okay, well, you know, I like to talk about the industry and all of that. And it, it was just kind of, it wasn't, it was something I had to keep secret in the beginning and I felt kind of, you know, like I wasn't complete. I felt a little, you know, like I was, I was de- leading a double life. So. Coming into your dungeon, coming mm-hmm. into the place that you 
create this wonderful safe space for people to explore. Give me an idea of what it's like to walk in and see you for the first time and kind of the emotions and the advice that you give to people when they come in for the first time. Okay. Um, well, I normally will, of course, we'll have everything worked out ahead of time um, on all the vetting, like, you know, any kind of health conditions, what their interests are, how old they are, things like that. Um, and then when they come in, I basically, you know, will introduce myself, shake their hand, tell them it's nice to meet them, you know, not be too like forceful in the beginning don't want to smother them give them time to kind of come in and get comfortable and and like kind of soak in the atmosphere you know because you don't want to be it's like being um at a store and a salesperson just runs up to you and it's like can I help you what do you need hello you know just don't <laughs> smother the person because the person some of them are new and they've never done this before and it's a whole new thing for them and they don't want to be you know just just bombarded with with just too much so you know and we just kind of sit and talk for a minute and then I'm like all right and I would just reconfirm you want to would you like to focus we're going to focus on this this and that and you know just reconfirm because their interest might have something might have wanted to be added or you know taken away from you know so things change between a text or a phone call or and you know arriving or even a, an email so so yeah, I just want to make them feel like they're in a safe space. I don't want them to feel apprehensive or scared or anything like that. I have often said that the doms that I know mm -hmm. are amongst the kindest people I know. Now, if you were to say that to the outside world, they go, but they they hit people, they 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 uh, they spank them, they mm -hmm. do mean things to them but the fact is everything is consensual right everything has a meaning and when the subs discover what that feels to them it can change their life mm -hmm. can you give me an example of when a sub has just simply had that aha moment where they realize, wow, this is exactly what I needed. Um, well, I mean, the guy who came and saw me even yesterday, you know, um, he actually, as I said, hadn't been to see me in a very long time. And he, when he sent me his email for his session, you know, he really didn't list what he wanted, but you know, I, I know him, I've known him for a long time. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to ask him when he gets here. So, um, you know, when he came in, you know, we went over what we were going to focus on. And then, yes. And at the end, he is, he's like, you know, this is actually exactly what I wanted, what I needed for today. You know, this really helped, you know, because I guess he was dealing with a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. You know, when they deal with a lot of stress, they feel relieved when they come and see me because it's an escape. It's a, a way to get away from the norm and their, you know, their lives, their work lives, their families and all that. So he was like, oh, this is like a breath of fresh air. I'm so happy that I did this today. And he told me that at the end. And I was like, well, oh, good, good. So, but yes, we are kind people. Um, we have you know these personas because you know that is who 
I guess, and I guess everybody per, um, personifies, makes us out to be these, you know, mean monsters or whatever. But yeah, when I'm away from this, even when I, when I have people come and get spanked or at demos and, and the events, I'm still a nice person. It's just, you know, I am very serious and very firm about what I do because if I'm silly and goofy and all that, they're not going to want to come and get spanked for me. They're not going to take me seriously. What is the line between what somebody needs and what somebody wants? And how do you get them from one side to the other? Okay. Well, you know, I get, um, I do get a lot of guys who, you know, tell me that, you know, they, they really need a session. They really need to come and see me. And I was like, okay, uh, why? And I ask them, you know, I need to see you right away. And I'm like, okay, why do you think you need to see me? You know, I ask them those questions because I want to know, you know, and then the once they're like, oh, well, I really I, I want, you know, I want to see you right away. And I was like, well, I want a million dollars, but I don't have it. So, you know, so, I mean, I ask them questions to kind of feel through, you know, if they really want this or if they really need this, because you can want something, but really not need something. You know, you kind of, it's kind of a, a little bit to me, just it's my opinion, a balancing act, you know, you know, cause they really, really want to see me right away or they really need this. And I'm like, and, but I always ask them, is this something that you really, really want? Just want, or do you really think you need this? I always ask, I ask a lot, I ask questions. I have to know. I think from my perspective, the difference is Wants are something that bring you joy and happiness in mm -hmm. a brain type way. Mm -hmm. Needs are the things that bring you joy and happiness and go straight into your heart and soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you can feel that, that's the most amazing thing in the world. Let's mm -hmm. talk about some of the events you've gone to because you sent me a list of events that were, it was pretty, pretty cool. Uh, from from Texas all the way out to Los Angeles. What yep. were some of the most influential events you went to and some of the influential people you met? Okay, I think DomCon is the best one ever. Um, I wanted to go this year, but airline tickets were a little expensive. So I was like, well, sorry, I'm not going to make it this year. But, you know, I really wanted to be there. Um, that actually, I've worked at the dungeon there at Sanctuary LAX. And I love that dungeon. I've learned so much from the from the dungeon from Mistress Cyan. I mean, she's amazing. She's like the ultimate. I mean, she's just so awesome. I love her so much. And I've learned a lot from her, which is really cool. And the other doms there early on. Um, um, my first time going there was to the dungeon was probably see 2016 or no 2017 and you know I just sat there and you know I, I learned a lot I'm um, by watching observing you know and even I was, helped a sister we actually um, interviewed this one submissive to work at the dungeon and she wanted my assistance to help which was wonderful I was like oh my gosh but yes every time I watch her I'm just like in awe because you know, she's been around so long. She's learned so much. She's given so much. It's like, you know, it, it's just wonderful, you know, and I'm so blessed that I've had the opportunity to, to go there and, and work in, 
actually observe and it's just it's a great she's great i mean the whole experience domcon is great if anybody can go it's twice a year it's in may in los angeles in october usually in new orleans so hope to be back in new orleans in october <laughs> as we are taping this uh we do tape uh, things out of orders from time to time. DomCon is actually going on in Los Angeles, and I'm hearing back from so many of my friends. And I, uh, I look forward to the possibility of working with Mr. Cyan and mm -hmm. with uh, with all the great people there, because they, from the Dominatrix Hall of Fame that Tara Indiana puts in, to the honored mm -hmm. guests that they have, my my friend Goddess Alanis is one of the honored guests this year, and she oh, is wonderful. over the moon. Uh, oh, yes. But it is an amazing, amazing place. Tell me it some is. about. Tell me something about because I used to live in Texas. Tell me about some of the events there in the great state of Texas. What are some of the more fun ones that you've been to? Okay, let's see. Um, I've been part of the of our Kinky Tuesday because we have this um, event every three months, our large event called Kinky Circus. And it has different themes. It has at the movies. It has our next one is Pride uh, next month. We have one on June 24th here in Houston at Numbers. Um, it's going to be our Pride event. That's like one of our biggest events of the year. Um, I've also been a part of the Cynical Magazine Fetish Ball, the Erotic Ball. Those are both in Houston. I've been part of the Dallas Fetish Ball in Dallas. That was one of the first ones I was part of. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I've done um, the Lone Star Spanking Party in Houston. Um, and then they, I did the Alamo City Leather um, Party in um, San Antonio uh, before the pandemic a few years ago. So yeah, I've done, I've done a lot. <laughs> Texas, I think, is thought of by the outside world as how could you ever get away with any of this in Texas with the politics being what it is? Do you face any challenges doing what you do there in Texas and in Houston in particular? Um, well, with my sessions, no, um, you know, because who knows, some of those guys that come and see me secretly might be politicians. <laughs> you never know. Those are the most naughty ones. The judges and all those guys, those are the most naughty ones out there. No, but I screen everybody, of course, before I, I take a session anyways. But no, I mean, everybody, you know, is pretty, you know, we have a pretty great um, community, especially with our Kinky Tuesday. And it's been around for nine years, very close-knit family, very, you know, tight-knit community. Um, you know, we work very well together and it's, it's just, it's great. I mean, I haven't had any, any issues with any of the events or anything that with Kinky Tuesday. Yeah. Um, cause I don't like to venture off into, you know, there are lots of groups I'm sure out there, but you know, I'm very picky about the ones that I choose to be part of and I have to be. I am to the point where I hate talking about the pandemic, but it obviously happened. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't think it's ever going to be actually over, but it literally changed your perspective and what you had to do in not only your talents, but how you were able to associate with the outside world. Tell me what that period of time meant to you and if it changed you for the better. It did. Um, you know, I was very, 
I don't, I didn't know how to react in the beginning, you know, cause I thought, okay, well maybe this will only last a couple of months. And then I sat down and thought, well, no, maybe not. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was a lot of like reflection, soul searching, you know, I learned a lot from just not having that time around people, you know, and I had to do all like online sessions. I had to start an OnlyFans. I had to, you know, really like go through and, and I had to put like a clip store together and all this stuff that I never knew much about at all. I mean, I knew it existed, but I really didn't need to use that because I was an in-person professional dominatrix, not really an online. I mean, maybe I had had a couple of online sessions before the pandemic, but nothing like, like I had to. So it was a real transition. I had to go from in-person to online and then there were no events to do. So, you know, I was just at home trying to, and you know, my other job, my regular job, not this one, not fantasy, but the one before it had shut down. They let everybody go. We got unemployment, which is nice. But, you know, it was a whole transition. It was just like, wow. And it was like a wake up call. And it made me appreciate the things that I have really, because, you know, I really didn't really have time to sit and think about it before the pandemic because I was so busy just living life, working, you know, doing events, traveling, all this. And then during the pandemic, I had plenty of time to sit and think about everything because I had nothing else really to do. So it was, and then when we got back out there and started doing events again, I had to learn how to be around people again because I was so used to not being around people for so long. I was so used to just being me or, you know, just a very small group, like me and my son, my dog, you know, things like that. Just, just small group of family. That was it. Everything else. I, I yeah, I didn't see like subs or anybody for well over a year, almost a year and a half. Stepping back into your space to have those private sessions mm -hmm. just how good did it feel it felt great you know I was like oh my gosh I get to see people again um and I had people I had subs contacting me throughout the pandemic like in the beginning especially hey are you you know taking appointments seeing having sessions and stuff like that I'm like no no I can't because of the pandemic and most of them were great about it but I got a few of them were like oh you really believe this you think this thing is real and they were just you know kind of giving me you know a lot of flack for it because they were like oh well you know this thing is all made up it's all and I was like uh no <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but most everybody else was real supportive, you know, and it felt great, though, because I could see people again, I could do what I love, you know, and it's like, I never really, you just have to, I like to keep working because I keep my skills up, you know, and you never really lose it, but it's always good to just keep doing it because it's, it just keeps you fresh. And then I like learning new things, new skills too. So it was great seeing people again at all my sessions and all my people because yeah, I'd been well over a year before I had seen them before then. So much of what we do is trying to explain what we do. And right. it's kind of sad because what we do is a beautiful thing. I know that you had an opportunity back about eight years ago to be on a morning show mm -hmm. on radio in San Antonio. <laughs> now, I can only imagine that a morning show, being what it is, mm -hmm. can probably make a lot of fun about what we may do. How did you approach that and how did it all come about? 
Okay, it was for the um, the Alamo City uh, Leather and Fetish Weekend in San Antonio, and we had um, a group of people that you know went on this morning show. It was a uh, just a regular, you know, it, it was it was really funny actually <laughs> because um, I wanted to spank the DJ, like the main DJ, but he was not having it. He's like, no, no, I don't want to do this. So he had one of his other DJs in his group, um, like volunteer. And so I spanked that guy on the air and we actually shut down the feed. <laughs> it was, we shut down and it just, it, the whole thing just got over, the system got overloaded and it just, it just stopped. So we, we shut it down because there were so many people trying to, to tune in. It was great. You know, and it was, it was like funny because the guy was like, you know, cause I told the DJ, you know, I was explaining what I was doing. I was like, you know, he's like, what is that? I said, this is like, I had a writing crop. This is a writing crop and flogger. And they were like, oh my gosh. And you could hear it and hear me smacking him in over the air. And people were just, they were watching the people tune in and it was just like, wow. So yeah, their online feed got overloaded and it, it stopped and it had to be rebooted because it, it had too many people listening. Mr. Jennifer, are you telling me you just broke the internet? <laughs> yep, I broke the internet that day, that morning. I still, if I wish I, I, I need to go back and look and find that um, clip again. And it's, I want to listen to it because it was just so funny. It was hilarious. And <laughs> that guy will never forget it, I'm sure, as long as he lives. <laughs> Unforgettable memories are what mm -hmm. this is all about. How do you see yourself into the future now? Okay, well, I'm going to keep doing what I do because I've done it for so long and I love what I do. Um, let's see, I'm going to try and start traveling again if airline prices will cooperate. <laughs> but, you know, it's just so expensive because everybody's back to traveling now and doing what they do, you know, their jobs and, and everything. Um, let's see, I'd like to go back to DomCon. Um, I want to join some more fetish groups, events throughout the U.S. Um, I'm looking at a couple of them. Um, <clears throat> one is I'm looking at the rubber ball in Minneapolis, I mm -hmm. believe that was in the summer um, and maybe a couple of others, you know, but I definitely want to um, maybe I would like to you know start teaching some classes again, too. I just have to find a place because where I work is a very small building and we don't have enough room. It would be just too, too, too crowded, too crowded. So Mistress Mia and the folks at Bondesk who put on Rubberball, fantastic mm -hmm. event. Yes. I am hoping to go at some point, but mm -hmm. uh, knowing the people that do that, and of course you have the amazing Jean Bardot and Amanda Wildfire and Queen really? P and uh, mm -hmm. Doll Mistress and Mistress, Ma I could go on about mm -hmm. Minnesota so much, mm -hmm. but great event and absolutely encourage you to, to check that one out. Definitely. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I hope that you enjoyed taking a look back at, as I said before we started, what makes you who you are, because I think that is the fascinating part of what we do, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do it today. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> My pleasure. And thank you for being here. My name is John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, 
for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 